Welcome to CGI Federal Voices, where CGI Federal's experts share insights on the latest in federal government management, policy, and technology. I'm your host, Pete Saronis, coming to you from the CGI Federal Studios in Fairfax, Virginia. We're here today with Brad Schofstel, a vice president within CGI Federal's Health and Social Services Business Unit, and Donna Seymour, director of consulting services at CGI Federal. Great to see you both. Yeah, good seeing you. Super excited today. We're going to have a lively discussion on something that is uh, on everyone's mind at all time in the federal government industry, and it's the influence of data on mission. Uh, Donna, you've got 42 years in the United States government. You've been here for a couple at CGI Federal. You've been a chief information officer, a chief security officer, a deputy chief human capital officer. There's probably others that you've served in, and that's pretty amazing. And what a wide swath of experience working with technology and then mission ownership uh, from you know cyber analytics and data modernization and just project management in general. So we're looking to tap into some of that wisdom and and understand a bit how you have that conversation with data owners. And then over here, we got Brad, who three decades, if not more, in the IT uh, modernization realm. Uh, He's a member of CGI Federal's North American Health Industry Council. Correct. You are also a GMU patriot, George Mason, that is. So I'm excited to sit with two George Mason patriots here. (laughs) Uh, Why don't we start with you and talk a bit about that journey? And then we'll come to Brad of how it influenced you, how it informed you, and how you're bringing that to CGI Federal and doing great things. Okay. Thanks, Pete. It's great to be here today and uh, with you and Brad. Uh, I've had just a great career in federal service. Uh, Started when I was 18 and mainly got into it because I saw the life my parents had. They were both federal civil servants. Uh, my dad uh, was an engineer, and my mom started out as a secretary and worked her way up to a business financial manager of major weapon systems. And I, you know, I just I really enjoyed my childhood and all the things that they were able to uh, give me because they had uh, dependable jobs and good benefits. And so I really got into it from that perspective. Uh, when I got in, it was back before computers existed. And so uh, I had the pleasure of, you know, when they first started issuing computers and they gave them out to senior executives and all the big leaders, you know, they were like, what am I going to do with this? So they threw them over to me. And that's how I got into computers. And uh, so as a GS2 secretary, I got into the MagCard typewriters and went on to computers and uh, worked my way up, got my IT uh, computer science degree at George Mason. And, uh, you know, just kind of worked uh, mostly in IT, but then I branched out to business. And that's where I really found the joy and the passion that I had. Uh, Because when you branch out to business, while IT is complex, and back then it was even more complex, business is is much more complex because of the way that it integrates across business units. And so that was really amazing to me and why, uh, you know, I say I had an amazing career because I got to bounce around. You know, I got to be in HR, I got to be in financial management, got to be in program management. And what that allowed me to do as a senior executive then was kind of mesh those together. And I could understand what my colleagues in other positions were experiencing and why they were having issues. And so I I think it helped me collaborate and work better with them. Well, I'm going to riff off some of that because mm-hmm. that's an amazing shortened version. Mm-hmm. If uh, anybody who's listening wants to mm-hmm. read about Donna Seymour, there's a heck of a lot more in there that's pretty amazing. But just the fact that you 
And frankly, like me, I grew up in government. I started as a GS7 <laughs> and finished as SES. And <laughs> while I didn't have the chance to kind of delve into some areas like acquisition, uh, I, I was a technologist that grew mm -hmm. up in it. Uh, it's funny you mentioned computers. Yeah. My mother still says, oh, my son's in computers, and I love you, Mom. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm a technologist, and I think we have figured out, mm -hmm. you know, Brad, I'm sure you're going to have a comment on that, mm -hmm. is that we all are learning while it's evolving mm -hmm. in front of us, and technology is just at such a – moving at a rapid pace. It's so important, and we'll get into this too, the collaboration needed between government and industry, and I know CGI Federal and its culture uh, mm -hmm. emphasizes that. So thank you, and we'll get into some of that. Brad. Your story, your passion, your journey. Right, right. So it's interesting. You know, I've been in IT my whole life. My grandfather was a pioneer in IT after World War II working with IBM, and he was in the Navy. And then my dad went in IT, two uncles in IT. So there was a lot of IT in our family growing up. And so my uh, first job, I was, was in actually working while I was in college, um, was in the uh, financial area. So I started in the financial area. It was uh, insurance-related. So, yeah, so, so I've been in financial services the whole, my whole career, but, uh, but in, on the IT side. So, um, you know, I like to build things, and the an idea of programming was like building a system. It was very appealing to me. Uh, so, of course, I started with mainframes and doing systems-level work. So operating system work. So I did that for the first 10 years or so. Uh, and I was working on a um, very difficult problem at a, a bank was having where their systems were crashing and uh, figured out what it was. And there was uh, someone there who was a consultant who said, you know, you would make a good consultant. And so I came to AMS, which was then later um, in acquisition with CGI. So I've been with uh, AMS CGI for 32 years. Uh, all in the financial uh, areas. So even though we're in the health and social services group, uh, I work mainly with the Medicare program and then Social Security, which, of course, is retirement insurance and disability. So I'm passionate about uh, you know, government helping citizens and having the technology and the right uh, data at the right time to actually improve uh, citizens' you know, experience with government and, their, and ultimately the, their lives. Well, I, I, as we move into the, the discussion where we'll hit on uh, the complexity of governance uh, with data, obviously culture and uh, the many hats people wear in government, the government, um, again, 25 years in, in you know, my journey, uh, just bringing people together to have the conversation requires a lot of patience and understanding of that other person's use of data in this case or their mission. Right. Mm -hmm. CIOs, as a result of the Klinger Cohen Act, uh, were born overnight. And all of a sudden it was, you're in charge of all the IT. And then I can tell you, there's a lot that you have to go and understand how people who are in the mission space, I think of DHS and, and their many mm -hmm. missions are like a lot of agencies, how they use IT and apply it. So, you know, you hit on a few there, mm -hmm. Brad, you know, financial sector, we, we talked Homeland Security. You mentioned social security. Finance. These are the sectors that our country calls critical sectors. And the data, mm -hmm. as a result of so much connectivity today, I wrote down when you said, you know, data centers, it was one thing to put a data center together, but the data now that we have to manage and turn into information to make those life-saving decisions in many cases mm -hmm. is where you both um, have a lot of knowledge to share. So let's jump right in. Data modernization. 
There are words like you have to have good planning and resourcing. There's change management. There's policy. There are processes and procedures, harmonization. And then, of course, technology. The sea of data governance mm -hmm. and to modernize and transform, it takes a village. With some of that term, what, what's been... What's some advice you can give to, oh, say, an industry person and now being on this side, how to have those conversations around the many facets of a data governance program? I think, first of all, uh, what I would offer to them is be inclusive. Uh, you know, make sure that you're reaching out as broadly as you can. Understand who the business people are. Because let's face it, IT is is wonderful and magic all on its own. <laughs> but if it's not solving a business problem, mm. then it's not really providing the value that we anticipate to get out of it. We're not getting the return on investment. So I, I think pull, pull in the business people, understand their business the best way that you can. Um, that doesn't mean you have to understand everything that they know, but help them, uh, you know, to, to pull out of them what they know so that you can understand their business well enough to understand the connections to other business units. Once you, once you can do that, then uh, you can start looking at uh, data and how they use it in their business every day. And that then I think provides a foundation for the power that you can get out of IT. Um, you know, IT lets us do things that we can't do as human beings. We can't do in the same amount of time, right? And so we can make decisions faster, but we wanna make sure we're making good decisions. And so it's good, it's, it's important that we have data that is uh, of sufficient quality, that it's timely, it's accurate, um, you know, and it's been validated so that we know that our decisions are based on, uh, you know, solid data, because bad data, bad decisions. You Good know, data, I, better decisions. Well said, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt, I just, I, I'm hearing you, you know, you kind of just did describe that that each of these these terms, how do you plan for it, how do you manage change, you know, policies influence um, mm -hmm. um, strategies and taxonomies. Uh, what I just took away was, yes, be inclusive, that's amazing. And bring in people, you've worn those hats. You've been in the security realm, you've been in the human capital, which is a different kind of data, and then as a CIO, um, you know, how do we just get to the point where we're not just pushing out data calls? Because I think right. that conversation, Brad, I see you nodding. Mm -hmm. Like you have to understand what's that use of data so we can mm -hmm. turn information, turn it into information, data with value. Mm -hmm. So we'll come back to that and we'll dive a little bit deeper into. But sure. I think that was a great setting of the table, 100%. Thank you. Brad, your view on this data modernization, how to approach it, attack it. Right. So data really is, uh, you know, an enabler to get things done for whatever the situation. Got to have, as Donna said, the, the right data. It's got to be available when you need to make the decision. And it really is part of the whole concept of becoming a data-driven organization. So when you think about data-driven, really it's about making better decisions. And so the decisions need to be based on what the data is saying. You know, there's a lot of things that we hear on the radio or TV, you know, society, you know, especially when you think about uh, finance or stock market, it's all data driven. Well, what's the data saying? What's the analytics? And that's rightly so. I mean, that you got to follow the data, just like you follow the money in some things. You got to follow the data and what it's what it's telling you. Uh, so, you know, but what's what's the end? You know, when you think about data modernization, well, what are, what are you after, right? Well, in the government setting, they're after improving the customer experience. Mm. 
So the customer experience, if you think of any of us going to a government website, you know, we would want to get done what we need to get done because usually if we're going to a government website, you know, it's something that we have to do, right? Uh, so we want to get it done in a streamlined fashion, not have a lot of confusion. Um, and so we're, that's really focusing on that particular user journey. So it's all about what that person needs to get done, kind of front to, front to back, and just streamlining it. And so in order to make that possible, you have to have the data modernization, but that focus is on customer experience, and then the technology supports that. So they all work together, but that really is the goal when we, when, we, when we think about government providing services to citizens, it's really making it streamlined, making it understandable, um, making it as much as possible, uh, you know, a one-stop instead of having to go to a bunch of different places, especially you know, if you think about somebody who is in a situation where they really need government benefits, well, a lot of times they have to go to multiple agencies. And, you know, just think about some of the stories we've all heard about people trying to do a, a coordination between agencies or even a coordination of benefits across insurance. Uh, there's so many use cases where data modernization is a critical component of improving the customer experience. I appreciate that. And, and I'm going to come back, Donna, to you know, just say modernization. That means a lot of things to a lot of people. I, I tend to think you can modernize uh, because stuff's getting old. Uh, data needs to be uh, revisited or the equipment and the data center. We've seen the evolution of the cloud and we're creating more and more. We're uncovering and unearthing more and more data. Mm -hmm. The needles in the haystack, the actionable mm -hmm. intelligence that we want to glean. Tools are out there to new, to distilling of it. Mm -hmm. But the people process technology was something we, we talked and do talk a lot about. How They have to be in unison. If technology is not the problem, they're always going to be a tool to help us. The people we have to talk to, you know, and then the processes sometimes in many cases are where, where we need to modernize and, and transform. So Donna, inside of government, it's a challenge to convene and bring people together. It is. It might be that way in industry as well. But from my perspective, convening folks who have uh, data sets that are mission-driven, uh, the technology needed to enable or modernize uh, those data sets in some semblance of an infrastructure, it takes someone to convene. Uh, how hard is that or how hard was it for you in government to do it? What is a, a way that our audience can imagine what it must be like trying to bring those folks together? It's, it's a significant challenge in federal government uh, to bring a lot of people together uh, because they're driven by different goals based on different policies that have been put in place. If you think about it like, uh, you know, a big bowl of spaghetti, right? Uh, and maybe there's some penny pasta in there and there maybe there's long noodles in there, you know, but it's a big bowl of spaghetti. If you were to put all the leaders around that big bowl of spaghetti and, and ha have them pull their strand they wouldn't be pulling the same strand. If you, it would be highly unlikely that you would get them to pull the same strand. And even if they did, they'd be viewing it from a different perspective. So we've got to we've got to figure out how do we get that bowl of spaghetti untangled enough that they can all grab that same strand of spaghetti, and even more importantly, see it from the same perspective. Yeah, I like a lot of that, and and you know, Brad 
coming to you about this is a you know four decades of of it's hard in government just to get the government folk to talk. And I love the the reference to being an enabler, but an advisor. I used to tell folks, I want to be the advocate for industry inside of government because it's hard to get to the people in government alone to have a conversation about IT enabling their mission. Uh, and in the process, uh, understanding the use and the impact of data beyond the agency. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about early on uh, in our prep for this, which was the role of data that ultimately influences you know, our citizens, our residents. Those are who are impacted. The government agency can benefit from technology, but we are stewards to those that need. So I appreciated that, and I hope mm-hmm. our listeners understand who are in industry, it isn't that easy in government to get people around the table. Brad, from right. your perspective, right, you want to come to government and have these conversations that matter, and you always come prepared. And uh, hearing this, what do you have to say about, you know, this dynamic mm-hmm. of the conversation that needs to happen to build the trust and foster partnership? Yeah, so my experience has been when you think about the people process and technology, the people is the most difficult piece. When you think about uh, a very large organization and agency needing to work together, uh, across multiple divisions, uh, it is challenging. I mean, the way that government contracting works, the way that contracts are funded, they're essentially created in silos by design. So you have different contracts that have their mission and their funding. And so the way that that's set up, which of course is people decided that that's the way it should be, well, now you're in a situation where if you're a CIO or you're a CTO or CDO and you're looking across the organization and say, we've got to be able to get all these different data silos together in order to make better decisions. So how are we going to do that? And so what it comes down to is you've, you've got to get your people to work together. You know, yes, you're, you know, you're going to fulfill each your own mission, but inside that there needs to be coordination so that you can integrate at various, whatever the level is, I mean, some integration works better at the application level, some works better at the data level. So you quickly move from the people to the technology, but again, the technology really isn't the driving force, right? It's it's the people that are the driving force. And so getting that collaboration is so important, and that's why any type of data modernization activities gotta have a component of organizational change management. Mm-hmm. Because everybody doing the way the, you know the same thing that they've done for years is not going to be a good harbinger of success, right? They need to change their behaviors, and so there needs to be an OCM component, and they need to be willing to do that. So if you're a CIO or a CDO or you have a uh, some type of influence over that process, you need to think about well, how can I encourage? All these different divisions or, or, you know, system owners, application owners, business owners to work together. And so, and that's a critical piece. And if, and if you lay that foundation, then actually the process and technology actually is pretty straightforward. A lot. Could I, I've got to, uh, I, I want to interject away. there. For Absolutely. A uh, very good point, you know. Brad, that you've brought up, of, and Pete, you brought up before Klinger Cohen birth CIOs. I think one of the things that we're seeing now that I think is going to help this process is agencies are starting to uh, identify change agents. Um, they're starting to have 
uh, you know, designations for this, um, you know, an office of transformation, right? And it's not just about IT because it can't start there, right? It's, uh, you'd say people, process, and technology. Well, process, you know, we've been saying for years, people need to document their processes. And by documenting processes, we're talking about understand what you do, but it's also understanding what you need from somebody, you know, back behind you who's doing something, uh, you know, to do your job and understand what you do and how it impacts the next person in the, you know, in the chain. That's how you really start to blend these processes and really understand the value of the process. I got my job done, but if I got it done in such a way that it makes your job harder, then I haven't really been successful, right? Right, exactly. So I think that, the, you know, this transformation agent that agencies are starting to identify, they're going to start looking at this blend. How do you blend? How do you get people to the table? How do you get them to start talking about change and accepting change at a higher rate? So I'm going to sum it up. What I heard is there's this this connective tissue. I used to call myself a connective tissue officer as a CTO. Mm -hmm. Technology aside, like I got to bring people together. Yeah. Uh, I love good. I love the change agents, and somebody needs to break down those silos. I mm -hmm. was learning in Federal Executive Institute. It's cylinders of excellence. It's right. well intentioned, <laughs> but uh, the the net net for me in this this segment was yes, it's people, process, technology, but the fluidity of it on both sides, government, industry, until everybody recognizes and appreciates it's, it's, it's in a constant state of evolution. We have to be able to sit down at the table and, and, and help educate each other so we can modernize as a, as, a, as a government and industry. We've got to have easier ways to do that from industry to government as well. Um, you know, as a federal official, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're told be very careful about how you deal with industry because of all the contracting rules and nobody wants, you know, to, uh, you know, to get sideways with those. Mm -hmm. But it's very difficult to have those conversations with industry sometimes, uh, you know, because industry wants to have it one on one because, you know, we're trying to sell you something. Right. So they, they want to be the one to the table first. But it's very, uh, you know, you've got to have those conversations in a more open, collaborative environment. Some agencies have figured it out with industry days or, um, you know, tech days. They have, uh, you know, data exchanges and, you know, different, uh, you know, data jams and all, all kinds of things like that that I know I've done in, you know, federal service to try to bring industry in and to do it in a way that doesn't, uh, it's, it's not about one particular company, but it's to share ideas. And I think that's not only good for federal government, I think it's good for the industry partners as well, because I know in my federal career, I've seen a lot of good industry partnerships come out of that, where companies will partner to, uh, you know, to win, a, um, you know, a contract because they both have good, unique ideas, but neither one of them can bring it to fruition completely. But partnering, they can do that. Tune in next time for part two of my conversation with Brad and Donna where we'll talk about future-proofing transformation, why unintended consequences are sometimes good, and how robotic process automation and AI can help facilitate transformation. CGI Federal Voices is a production of CGI Federal, a wholly-owned subsidiary of CGI Incorporated. Michael Hardy is the podcast producer. The podcast engineer is Lexi Floor, assisted by Donovan Samuel. You can find CGI Federal Voices on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube. Subscribe or follow, and spread the word to your colleagues.
Learn more about CGI Federal's solutions and services at CGIFederal.com. Insights you can act on.